0: It's Passover week, and it's Friday. And I want to show you that on that day, which we call Good Friday, Passover day, that in Jerusalem, two events were occurring simultaneously. One was the fulfilment of what had taken place for centuries, and that was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And so John's Gospel reads these words. Finally, Pilate handed him, that's Jesus, over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Finally, Jesus is led away to death. And if his execution, his crucifixion was typical, of crucifixions carried out in that day and that appears fairly typical we can look at some of the details. As Jesus is being led out to his execution he would have been flanked by the quarterino, or that is the four-man death squad. These men, these soldiers were not reluctant volunteers but specially chosen for their sadistic cruelty. And they had been trained in the art of execution. As Isaiah had said 700 years previously, he is led now as a lamb to the slaughter. And these Quartarino would have been supervised by a Roman centurion who fulfills the role what is called the exactor mortis, or the death expert these soldiers placed the heavy crossbeam onto the flogged back of Jesus. And one of the quarterino would have walked ahead of the procession and that soldier would have been carrying uh, a sign, a banner, indicating the crime for which this person is being executed. And this, this sign would have been displayed during the procession, as a, as a deterrent to any would-be offenders, this could be your fate. Two others would have been led out with Jesus to be crucified. So it's likely that those men also had signs made and part of the same procession. And maybe their signs said the word thief or something, something similar. But Jesus was not found guilty of any crime. So what do you inscribe on his sign? He was not guilty. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. And so Pilate inscribed what Jesus, and he came to that conclusion, that he was the king of the Jews. The Bible is very clear that Jesus' profession Through his teenage years maybe and into his early adult life, he was a carpenter, a builder. And so Jesus was very adept and very experienced in carrying heavy beams of wood. It's something he may have done on a daily basis. But the quarterino have been so brutally effective that Jesus collapses under the load of this beam on the procession. And so a man by the name of Simon is conscripted to carry the beam for the rest of the journey to Golgotha. But meanwhile, as I said, there are two ceremonies, two things happening. Meanwhile, just a few hundred yards away at the temple, well over a hundred thousand people will be celebrating the feast of Passover. And a similar number of Passover lambs are about to be sacrificed at the temple courts, at the entrance to the temple courts. Passover, that's why they're in Jerusalem, is an important feast celebrating the nation's redemption from slavery out of Egypt 1,500 years earlier when the blood of a slain lamb, when that blood was applied as a covering from judgment. The act of crucifixion is well documented by commentators of that time, and the process is indescribably barbaric. But scripture, thank the Lord, is mercifully brief, and the gospels simply state, there they crucified him significantly. It was the same mountain top location that 2,000 years earlier Abraham had been called by God to sacrifice his only son Isaac and that son of promise Isaac he carried his wood to his place of sacrifice. He climbed the same mountain and he too was offered by a loving father. But 2,000 years later, God will provide his own son for this sacrifice. During the time of Abraham and Isaac, God intervened, providing that yearly ram, the same age as the Passover lambs that are about to be sacrificed now over at the temple courts. And Abraham prophetically said, when God provided that lamb, God himself will provide a lamb, a ram for the sacrifice. Genesis 22 records this. So Abraham called the place, Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Listener, we are now witnessing the very moment when the Lord will provide a ram for the sacrifice. God intervened when Abraham offered his son but now God will offer his own son but he will not intervene. Well that prophecy came true and on that mountain and on this day god did provide a, a lamb a ram for the sacrifice his only son god did not do something that without uh, abraham being asked to do it god fulfilled that promise mark's gospel records that jesus's suffering began around 9am in the morning the time in the morning sacrifice over at the temple when a lamb was sacrificed As a sin offering. Jesus died around the time of the evening sacrifice. When when a lamb was again slain as a sin offering then. You see how Jesus fulfilled these laws to the very second. The morning sacrifice, the evening sacrifice, the Passover lambs. He was fulfilling everything that had been said and done for centuries by the Jews. During the scene of torture, with women crying, soldiers gambling, religious leaders gloating, an anguished voice is heard. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amid this cacophony of laughing and grieving and jeering and cursing and swearing, someone, not anyone, but someone, the very thief who's been crucified next to him looks to jesus for salvation and i can imagine that jesus with blood-stained smile said these words today you will be with me in paradise after all that's why he came to seek and save the lost Something I want to emphasize, even at this point, is that, listener, if Jesus could hear a desperate man's voice in the midst of such personal suffering and commotion, I'm sure he can hear your voice right now. Then the Bible says that there was a strange, unearthly darkness descended for three whole hours probably subduing that hostile crowd and making the suspicious soldiers think a little bit deeper. But in that darkness, a lonely, tormented voice cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A thousand years earlier, King David penned those words into a psalm. And 700 years before that, Isaiah says, that it was the Lord's will to crush him because the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. In this scene of unearthly darkness, reminiscent of the plague of darkness when God's judgment fell on the Egyptians, there is a much overlooked statement hidden away in the words of a little-known prophet called Amos. But what Amos said casts a long forward shadow over this scene of time. Let me say Amos' prophetic word to you. In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious festivals into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like mourning for an only son and at the end of it, like a bitter day. Can you hear the heart of a father mourning the loss of an only son? and darkness descending at midday. As twilight approached, finally the last of the thousands upon thousands of Passover lambs have been sacrificed for the Passover meal over at the temple. The shofar, the ram's horn, would have sounded across Jerusalem landscape. And the high priest, and that would have been Caiaphas, would have proclaimed when the last Passover lamb had been slain. Caiaphas would have shouted these words from an elevated position of the temple. It is finished. At the same moment. Outside the city walls. Jesus from his elevated position, from his place of suffering, he too cried, it is finished. He then commended his spirit to his father, bowed his thorn-crowned head, breathed his last, and his body slumped. God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, the all-powerful, all-holy, eternal God, the one who spoke this universe into being, the one who knew no beginning nor end of days, the one who was worshipped by angels, the eternal world made flesh, the one who healed the sick, raised the dead, calmed the storms, cast out demons, became obedient unto death even death, on a cross. The earth convulsed, the veil in the temple was ripped apart, and in the darkness, the exacto mortis, the centurion, who no doubt in his career had seen many, many men die, seeing the disfigured, naked body of Jesus, barely recognisable as human, spoke out this confession surely this was the son of god at the temple the sanctuary where god's presence dwelt tens of thousands of passover lambs had been sacrificed on the steps to the temple courts resulting in the whole temple steps courts area being bathed in blood so the priests Would form a human chain and with jars in hand they would form this human chain and draw water probably from the pool of Siloam, the living well. And with jars filled they would form this human chain and they would douse the steps of the temple courts. Gallons upon gallons of water mingled with blood causing streams of blood and water to flow from the temple courts down into the valley below along specially constructed channels in the pavement. See the scene. See the scene. All those lambs slain. The blood shed the gallons of water to douse, to wash away. Gallons of water mingled with blood, causing streams of blood and water to flow from the temple courts down into the valley below. The Sabbath is fast approaching and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when sin is removed from the house so the religious leaders put pressure on the Roman authorities to remove the bodies from the cross, from the crosses. To accelerate death, the Quartarino break the legs of the two thieves. But finding Jesus already dead, one of the Quarterino takes a spear and thrusts it into his lifeless broken body, bringing a sudden and an unexpected flow of blood and water that streamed from the cross onto the outcrop of Golgotha that forms the part of Moriah. Abraham's prediction came true. God will provide a lamb for the sacrifice. Blood and water flowed from the Passover lambs. Blood and water flowed from this Passover lamb, Jesus. He was the Passover lamb. He was put to death for us. And the echo of God's voice from Egypt past is once again heard. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Blood and water from the temple blood and water from the sun the Passover lambs have been sacrificed the Passover lamb has been sacrificed Caiaphas would have shouted it is finished but Jesus shouted it is finished on the mount of crucifixion Fountains opened deep and wide from the floodgates of God's mercy poured a vast and gracious tide. Grace and love like mighty rivers poured incessant from above. And heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed this guilty world in love why why did all that happen why did Jesus die why did he suffer so much as the perfect lamb of God the best known verse in the bible for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God was in Christ reconciling this world to himself. And those who look to Jesus like that dying thief can receive him as Lord and Savior. Such is the love of God. That, my friends, is why it was indeed for us a good Friday. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed.